0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts
1: Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell, and we got a great show on tap for you today. It is another victory Monday here in the Circle City, the second in a row. Would you imagine that? Uh, Today, we're going to recap the Colts' primetime win over the 49ers. Mike and I will discuss some takeaways from that uh, exciting game. And we'll also take a look around the AFC South of the Colts. Hope to catch up to the Titans, uh, who are currently in first place. But before we get into everything, Mike, how you doing? How, how much sleep did you get last night?
0: Uh, about six hours. got to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning and, you know, crawled out around 9 o'clock. So it was a normal normal day after a uh, primetime game. You, you kind of get used to those, and it's a little better when they win.
1: Yeah, always a little better when they win. Uh, thankfully, the Colts were able to come away with a win this time, as opposed to a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about the um, um, differences in that Ravens game versus this 49ers game and how the Colts were able to hold on to their fourth quarter lead. But let's go ahead and get into the recap here. The Colts, 2-4, and four, taking on the 2-3 49ers in San Francisco in a bomb cyclone. Uh, I was previously unfamiliar with that weather terminology there, but a bomb cyclone uh, could not stop the Indianapolis Colts from getting a victory on Sunday. But on the opening drive, it was not looking too great. Uh, it was the Colts who got hit with the bomb because San Francisco marched right down the field, forward touchdown, 78 yards on eight plays, and rookie running back Elijah Mitchell had 57 of them himself. But San Francisco would miss the point after touchdown, so they only have a six to nothing lead as opposed to a seven to nothing lead. Colts' first play of the game on offense is a disaster. Jonathan Taylor fumbles on a run up the middle, recovered by San Francisco at Indy's twenty-eight. And after a quick first down, the Colts defense would hold and force a field goal. Uh, nine to nothing early. Colts already down two scores. It's pouring rain. And Mike, at this point, this Colts team has to kind of rally together and get their wits about them after falling back so quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, can't ask, you couldn't have expected a, a worse start. Again, you're, you're already on the road against a, 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 a decent team in just awful situations. A bomb cyclone, there's normally movies on the Sci Fi Channel. <laughs> about bomb cyclones, but uh, and then to come out and, and, and give up that easy touchdown and, and give up the fumble. That's not the way you want to do it, but I, I give them credit. They really they really kind of righted the ship, I guess the arc, and, and got their act together. And for the rest of the game, they really dominated except for those three plays in the fourth quarter that we'll get to.
1: Yeah, because Colts offense on the following drive, they needed to respond, and they did. Carson Wentz converted a couple huge third downs on this following drive. The first one was a 57-yard bomb to Michael Pittman Jr. on third and 11. He was interfered with on the play. Doesn't matter. Big Pitt brings it down. Third and two, Wentz with the play fake, finds Mo Alleycox for an 11-yard touchdown. The extra point is good, and the Colts are right back in it with a 9-7 score. 49ers on their next drive will connect on a 56-yard field goal. Imagine that in the rain in the bomb sign clone. Their kicker misses the point after, but hits a 56-yarder that would extend their lead to 12 to seven. On the Colts' next possession, Carson Wentz looking for Kiki Coody deep on 30-10, Th- uh, third and 10. That is Coody just called up from the practice squad. He was interfered with on the play, and that would be a 40-yard penalty. Then Jonathan Taylor would squirt up the middle for a 33-yard gain, tackled short of the goal line. This sets us up with a first and goal at the two. After using losing two yards on first down, Carson Wentz dropbacks to pass. He's chased by Nick Bosa and then hit by another defender as he lets go of the ball. The ball goes right into the hands of a 49ers linebacker. It was originally ruled an interception, later deemed a fumble as replay would show that the ball was kind of knocked loose from Carson's hand uh, as he was kind of working to pitch the ball or do a little shuffle pass. Um, he had Zach Pascal wide open in the end zone. If he could have gotten the ball away cleanly, might have had a touchdown there. But in, in real time, Mike, that this just looked like a complete bonehead play by Carson Wentz. But replay showed that it, it, he, he might have had a touchdown if he would have had maybe half a second more.
0: Yeah, but but the problem is he didn't have a half a second more and I went back and looked at it this morning and he was gonna shuffle a pass to, to, to Pasco who was open on the in the right side of the end zone. But that would have taken a monster chest pass to get the ball that far downfield. Uh I mean ten yards or whatever, but uh, that's that's kind of play that you just can't you just can't make. It it's not it. The the, the show pass against the 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 Rams it was an interception, you know you almost live with because it was just a fluky play. This is one where you got to take care of the ball, and I think you'd like to have that one over again. Second and goal, and again their their goal to go is not they, they've been you know the old feaster phantom where they get it done or they have turnovers. So uh, fortunately this one didn't come back to haunt him because again the defense really stiffened up.
1: Yeah, Colts deep into San Francisco territory. Hate to see that possession end with no points. But the Colts' defense would enforce a three and out on three straight San Francisco drives. The Colts would punt on their next three drives as well. But there was a interesting, uh, some interesting plays there. Let's pick up midway through the second quarter. Wentz hits Naheem Hines, who got past the defense on third and seven, but it goes right off Hines' hands. He would have just had the safety to beat for a touchdown. Uh, Hines had to be kicking himself, a usually very sure-handed player. And Mike, it hasn't been the best few weeks for Naheem Hines. He really hasn't been able to get it going lately for the Colts.
0: Yeah, it's as we've talked about many times, it's really – they try to find ways to be creative and to divvy up the touches really between Mack and Hines because, you know, Taylor's going to get his. And fair or not, when these opportunities come up for Naheem, he really has to take advantage of them because there's not going to be 15 touches, you know, to to sort of bide your time and then make something happen. And I don't think he would have scored, but that was 20 yards anyway. And like you said, he's a very sure-handed player, uh, a receiver in college. Very uncharacteristic to see him let that thing slip through his hands, as bad as conditions were.
1: Yeah, you got to imagine the conditions played a factor in that one. Uh, I mean, balls were slipping through guys' hands all day long. So uh, Naheem was not alone in the drop pass there. On the ensuing punt, 49ers return, return man Brandon Ayuk muffs it. He kicks the ball backwards as he's trying to corral the ball. It bounces into the end zone where he's tackled. The Colts, myself, and I'm pretty sure every other football fan thinks Indianapolis has a safety, but the refs rule a touchback. Uh, Mike, I'm going to have to have you explain this one to me. I thought I, I thought I knew football. I thought I knew how football was played. Apparently not.
0: Well, I thought so too, but apparently every, they, they ruled it correctly. Uh, Frank Reich said that after the game and the officials in the, in the booth and on the field, uh, it never ceased being a punt because Ayuk never had possession of it. But he, And again, they ruled that the, that the punt, the kick, sent the ball into the end zone. No, the punt returner kicked the ball into the end zone. So it, it was just a, a, a squirrely play that uh, I don't know how you you, you reward a receiving team. For totally botching the play, uh, as but, but as bad as it was, I mean that's the rule, and I guess if if teams don't like the way that rule is, then they need to go to the competition committee. But it's just kind of crazy that the Niners are rewarded with first and ten to twenty five because their returner totally botched the play.
1: Yeah, this this stinks. It has the smell of like a like the tuck rule or something like that all over. it. It, it seems like a rule that hadn't been used since I don't know the 1940s or something like that and that's totally going to be changed in the off season because I don't understand how that shouldn't be a safety it seems like you know the the player touched the ball so if the Colts would have recovered it it would have been a fumble correct
0: well that's yeah that that's right because you said if, if it lands and bounces off of, uh, one one of his blockers it, it's a free ball so yeah it was just it's just one of those loopholes I guess you'd call it that they benefited with the ball, you know, going the way it did into the end zone. So it's it's just unfortunate. But again, that's the rule, and I'll I'll trust the rules, people. And, and Frank Reich even said it was ruled correctly. But when the eyes tell you that something was wrong, you would like to think something was wrong.
1: Yeah, maybe they'll fix that in the off season. But for now, rules are rules. The defense would get a stop anyway. Let's skip ahead here. A little over three minutes remaining in the half. Jimmy Garoppolo finds Debo Samuel on 3rd and 12, but here comes Darius Leonard to punch the ball out. Recovered by Indy, the maniac does it again. Mike, it's like he's Peanut Tillman or someone out there, the way he just cocks up and punches that ball out. Have you ever seen a ball magnet like this at linebacker?
0: No, you know, at some point, initially you think, well, he's in the right place at the right time, and, you know, he's always around the ball. No, this is something he works on, and if you watch the replay, like you said, He's approaching uh, Samuel, and, and he's got his arm back, and, and he's yes, he wants to to be tackled, but pri- priority one is to punch the ball out. And after X number of what, whatever his forced fumbles are now for his career, he's got three for the season. I think he's got eight, eight takeaways in seven games. So th- th- this isn't just coincidence. This isn't is happenstance. This is what he works on. And as we've said, this league is about plays that make a difference. It's the 57-yard uh, pass to, 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 to Pittman, it's Taylor going for 33 or whatever, and it's a defense making plays like this that turn games around.
1: Yeah, Darius Leonard just showing why he's an all-pro linebacker, and if that ankle can get closer to 100%, look out. Uh, the fumble sets the Colts up at San Francisco's 28-yard line. Another pass interference penalty on San Francisco sets Indianapolis up at the one First down, incomplete to Jack Doyle. Second down, Jonathan Taylor, stuff for no gain. Third down now, Colts, a second goal line opportunity. Are they going to get in the end zone or are they going to squander it again? Carson Wentz calls his own number on a read option, dives into the end zone to give the Colts the lead. Uh, Frank Wright made the call to go for two points. I think he was trying to get the Colts up a full field goal, uh, get them up three there but it would not be a good uh, attempt. So the Colts are only up 13-12, to 12, but still they have the lead. Let's go ahead and jump to the second half now. That would about do it for the second quarter. Colts first drive takes over six minutes off the clock, but they end up having to punt. 49ers with the ball, uh, driving near midfield. On third and five, first-round pick quitty pay. Gets pressure on Jimmy G. Uh, Garoppolo has to avoid pay, but then is hit by Muhammad, who fu- and then fumbles the ball. Pay falls on the fumble, and the Colts have the ball at San Francisco's 33-yard line. That's what Indianapolis is going to need from quitty Pay moving forward. More plays like that. Colts with the ball now. They go deep to Pittman again, and again he's interfered with. This sets Indianapolis up at the five after offsetting penalties. Jonathan Taylor runs it in from five yards out. Extra point is good. 20-12 to lead for Indianapolis. Both teams go three and out on their next drive, which brings us to the fourth quarter. When 49ers go 70 yards in three plays, ends with a touchdown to Debo Samuel. Mike, at this point in the game, I don't know about you, but I'm having flashbacks to that Ravens Monday nighter when the defense fell apart late because that drive was just too easy.
0: That's the same thing that uh, Darius Leonard in his post game said. Yeah, he said, I'm not going to lie to you. My mind's thinking, here we go again. Uh, you know, because again, it was 22 to 3 against the Ravens. Still had a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter, and the, the Ravens scored touchdowns on four straight possessions easily, easily, including the overtime. And so, a- a- as we said in the Ravens game, just make a stop. That was a game you needed one stop by the defense, one stop. And that didn't happen, and and they paid the price in prime time. And and then given a do-over, they made more than one stop against the Niners. And that's what you want to see a defense do. Regardless of what you do the first three quarters, first three-and-a-half quarters, make those plays in the fourth quarter that seal a game, and that's what they did uh, Monday night. And the first play to be made,
1: yeah, and on the first play to be made, it was on the two-point conversion attempt, no good. So Colts still with the lead. 20-18 20 to 18 after the 49ers failed to tie it up. Colts need an answer, and they get one, kind of. Their drive takes six minutes off the clock. It's a 10 play drive. On third and two, Wentz runs for three yards for the first down, but it's holding on right tackle Matt Pryor, bringing the ball back. Colts cannot convert on third and 12, and they'll settle for a 43 yard Michael Bagley field goal extending the lead to 23-18. To so they extended the lead, but they don't put things away. A touchdown still wins it for the 49ers, who get the ball with about seven minutes left on the clock, and it's ticking. Third down, Jimmy Garoppolo is picked off by Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Colts ball, it was a contested pass intended for Debo Samuel. The ball kind of got knocked around a little bit as they're fighting for it in the air. Rhodes ends up with it. Returns it to the end zone. He thought he had a touchdown, but a review would show that his heels stepped out of bounds. Mike, huge play for a Colts veteran who almost didn't even make it in this game. He left warm-ups with a calf injury, toughed it out. Uh, that calf's been bothering him since training camp, but Xavier Rhodes came up big for the Colts.
0: Yeah, Frank Reich said he didn't know how. He, was, he didn't know that he was going to play, be able to play. Because again, they were going through warmups, and and you could see him kind of limp off and went off with the trainers. So, you know, kudos to, to to Rhodes. I think he's had a rough season, up and down, and injuries with his calf. Uh, again, that's what that's what you do. You when you're a corner, when you're a pass rusher, forget what's happened before. You know, he got beat on a couple plays earlier by Samuel. This when he was there, and, and again, that that's what a defense has got to do. Forget about what you did happen beforehand. Make a play when it's there, and that's what Xavier Rhodes did.
1: Defense made a play. Colts offense looking to make a play, hoping to put this one away. Set up in San Francisco territory on third and 10 from the 28-yard line. Carson Wentz goes deep to Michael Pittman, who high points the football over the defender, dives into the end zone. Touchdown Colts. Big pit, pretty much puts this one away. 30-18 to lead with three minutes left for Indianapolis. Uh, 49ers get the ball back, and Garoppolo would lose control of the ball ball as he tried to go deep. Uh, The ball kind of flutters into the hands of Kari Willis, and that would pretty much do it. The Colts win on the road in prime time in a bomb cyclone against a solid 49ers team. Mike, this is the kind of win – the Colts needed. We kind of talked about on Thursday, they beat a bad Dolphins team. They beat a bad Houston team. I understand the 49ers were 2-3 and three coming into this one, so they weren't necessarily a powerhouse, but I think most of the NFL sees them as at least a decent, a solid team. This is really the first Colts' big win of the year.
0: And they needed it going into next uh, Sunday with Tennessee, which is just a monster game, which we'll talk a lot about on Thursday. But the, the one thing that Frank Reich really pointed out, and, and he's right, is, you know, you learn from previous experiences. And the third and ten with, what was it, two 240 or whatever, 250 to play, uh, up by whatever it was, five. I mean five, yeah. It, it, he flashed back to the the Ravens game where it was like third and eight. They were up eight, four-some minutes to play, and he ran the ball. And that set up the, the blocked field goal, uh and he said, "I'm not going to do that again." So they th- they were aggressive and they they put the ball in Wentz's hands, and then Wentz does what he's been doing. And That's he looks to Pittman and says, "Make a play." And we we've, we've kind of wondered, is is Pittman going to emerge as that number one guy? Well, yes, yes, he has, he has, and it'll be good to get Ty back to be that complimentary guy. But right now, Michael Pittman is the guy. He he's making plays downfield and. It, it just tells you the trust that the quarterback has when he says, I'm going to throw it, and my guy's going to get it, even if it's contested, and a lot of them are contested. And and they had, what did you mention, the Niners had 122 yards in penalties?
1: Yep, seven penalties for 122 yards.
0: I think that counts three or four DPIs, but it doesn't count the the, the Josh Norman interference on Pittman's 57-yard completion yeah so they would have, they would have had about 180 yards and penalties uh and and two of them that, that Pittman drew led to touchdowns so uh it, it's you, you need to have that trust and this is a trust that's kind of developed in a quick time because you know yes they worked out some of the off season with with Pittman and, and some of the other receivers with wins but keep in mind there wasn't much training camp and it's been learning on the, on the go so it's really good to see Michael Pittman after so many uh, receiver investments not panning out by, by, by this regime and even previous ones, that uh, he he looks to be a keeper.
1: He really does. And a, a couple of the other pass interferences, they, they weren't ticky-tacky. They were the kind of pass interferences where if they didn't happen, the Colts player was in a position to catch the ball. Um, so they weren't kind of those cheap fouls down the field. They were legitimate penalties where Michael Pittman Jr. might – have a bigger day in the stat sheet had it not be for those penalties looking at takeaways let's start right there the Colts playmakers stepped up Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor both played like stars Taylor rushed for 108 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries his third 100 yard rushing game in four weeks in his fourth straight game with either 100 yards rushing or receiving Jonathan Taylor is currently second in the NFL in rushing with 579 yards. Uh, he's on pace for, to rush for over 1,400 yards on the year. And if he accomplishes that, he would be the first Colt since Joseph Adai in 06 and 07 to rush for 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. it has been some time since the Colts had a bell cow that they could rely on year after year. And Pittman Jr., he is really emerging as the number one wide receiver. The Colts need him to be four catches for 105 yards and the game-sealing touchdown. Uh, We mentioned he also enticed two pass interference penalties for 19 and 38 yards, respectively. Uh, Pitt has 35 catches for 108 yards and two touchdowns on the year. He's already surpassed his rookie year yardage, and he's on pace for 85 catches, Over 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. If Pittman Jr. keeps this up, he will be the first Indianapolis player uh, to have 1,000 yards receiving since 2018 when T.Y. Hilton did it and the first uh, 1,000-yard wide receiver not named T.Y. Hilton since Reggie Wayne in 2012. Mike, it's been a long time since the Indianapolis Colts have been able to rely on uh, stars and playmakers at the wide receiver position, not named uh T. Y. Hilton, but it looks like Michael Pittman Jr. is finally that next guy in line.
0: Well Pittman and, and Taylor, I think it's you know, we talked about how how uh fo- how transforming that 2018 draft was with the Leonards and, and Quentin and, and Braden and all that. Well last year's draft's gonna be is going to rival it because you're getting guys that really playmaking positions and to have a young receiver and to have a, a young running back with, with a quarterback who's what, what wins 28, 29. So this I think can be Blackman
1: a... was in that draft too, wasn't he?
0: Correct. Correct. So, so it, it just shows you how if you hit, you don't, you know, if, if it's 50, 50 in a draft on, on guys that make it, if you hit on the right ones, it, it can have a lasting impact, certainly an immediate impact and hopefully a lasting impact. And from what we've seen from Pittman and, Taylor, they make the tough, the, the the routine plays, I guess you'd say, but they're making the over-the-top plays, and that's the combination you really like from young players.
1: Yeah, and moving on to takeaway uh, number two here, Carson Wentz won ugly, 17 of 26 for 150 yards, two touchdowns, technically no interceptions, although he did have the uh, fumble. Per ESPN stats and info, Wentz, has multiple touchdown passes and zero interceptions in four straight games, which ties Peyton Manning for the longest streak in Colts history. Uh, Manning had the streak back in 06, 07, so it's been quite some time since the Colts have gotten this level of play from their quarterback. Wentz also rushed for 26 more yards and a touchdown. He was sacked just one time. And, Mike, this is really the healthiest Carson Wentz has looked all season.
0: Yeah, with those RPOs, it, it, that really gives them another another weapon to keep defenses honest. And now, one thing about I've heard some people on on Twitter and social media complaining about Wentz. Well, he could have had four interceptions. Yeah, it, it it was it was a tough day. He put some balls up that could have been intercepted, maybe should have been intercepted. But quarterbacks go through that. I'm sure back in when Peyton had his streak, there were two or three p- passes that maybe he got away with, but. The fact that, that he's taken care of by and large taking care of the football e- even in last night's really really bad weather I think he what he he lost a fumble I believe it was and, and had another one that got away from him so so it it's it, it's really good to see him emerging getting healthy uh I, again I go back to how he played how he looked against Miami when he couldn't move and I thought the, the RPO touchdown was really kind of cool. Because it just everybody everybody jumped into Jonathan Taylor as you would expect, and then he had to beat the DB to the to the corner. So very encouraging with how he's playing, and you you think as he continue to play better uh, as he gets more comfort with his with his supporting cast.
1: Now I remember, he picked up a big first down where he kind of ran right up the middle on uh, San Francisco as well. That went for. I don't know, over ten yards. It I think got, it
0: was I think it was third and fifteen, and he got like sixteen or seventeen on it.
1: Yeah, that that was huge. So Wentz finally looking like uh he's recovered from those injured ankles that really, really had his play suffering uh in the immediate games afterwards, playing some good football right now is Carson Wentz. Last takeaway I have here is the defense clamped down after allowing 78 yards and Elijah Mitchell's fourteen. A yard touchdown run on San Francisco's first possession. The Niners' next nine drives generated just 85 yards. The defense really uh, put it together after that first drive. Colts had four takeaways in this one, and it could have been more. We already mentioned the uh, weird punt situation. Um, The Colts also have seven takeaways in their past two games. Colts have had at least one takeaway in eight straight games, which, Mike, you noted is the third-longest active streak in the NFL. And the Colts' 16 takeaways is tied for first with Buffalo, who was on a bye this week. So that Buffalo Bills defense has been uh, doing a great job of taking the ball away. But the Colts are right there with them. Darius Leonard, I mean, just what a machine. Forced, to, He's now forced to turn over in five straight games. Six of the seven games overall this season. He has two interceptions, three forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries. Uh, If this man isn't named first-team All-Pro, I will be beside myself after the year. The Colts' defense also limited the Niners to one of 11 on third down. And the defense has now held their opponent to under 20 points in three of the last four games. So the defense kind of turning it around. The offense is getting it going. Uh, Colts really improving as the season goes along, as many of us thought it would with so many new players on this team, so many injuries early in the year with players either missing time or not being 100% or missing time in training camp so they couldn't really gel together. Mike, this Colts team is really coming together when they needed to, back against the wall. They lose their first three games, and now they're playing much better football.
0: Yeah, one thing on the defense and the takeaways. If you remember during training camp, it was we all wrote about and talked about the, their goal of forty takeaways, and we sort of we sort of kind of winced and winked at it when, when they said that. Well, they've got sixteen. That's on pace for thirty-eight, almost thirty-nine. So, so they're really cranking it up, and I still. I, I think they're, the fact that they're doing this still without without a consistent pass rush is impressive. I think Pay being back is going to help, you know, kind of getting steady pressure and kind of getting back into it after missing a couple of games. So I'm still not crazy about the pass rush from the front. But when you get results like this, very impressive. And, again, it all leads up, like you said, to, to the game against Tennessee where we're, we're going to find out very quickly – in less than a week if this team is a legitimate playoff team because as big as the Niner game was, uh, you've really got to find a way to beat Tennessee, which, oh, by the way, they've just, they're have just they coming off back-to-back wins over Buffalo and the Chiefs.
1: Buffalo and the Chiefs. Before we get to the AFC South, Mike, were there any injuries from this game that I may have missed?
0: Bo Pete Keys uh, left with, ai think, a hamstring. Haven't heard any update. And not from the game, but with T.Y. Hilton, I think there's a chance he's back. Uh, Frank Reich said he was close for this game, but they held him out, so maybe they get T.Y. Hilton back, perhaps Braden Smith back as well.
1: Yeah, he actually practiced on Friday for the first time in a while, didn't he? Correct. Awesome. Good news there. We'll have updates on that stuff on Thursday when we preview the Titans game. Uh, Tennessee has not given up any ground in the division race. They advanced to 5-2 and two after dominating the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. Not sure what's up with the Chiefs this year. Their passing offense just it looks like something is missing. I, I, you know, I'm no expert. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, they got some things to figure out in Kansas City. Uh, Tennessee has beaten last year's two AFC championship teams in back-to-back weeks after uh, beating the Chiefs and beating Buffalo the week before. The Colts have a huge showdown with Tennessee on Sunday. Uh, Moving along, Houston falls to 1-6 after getting stomped by Arizona, 31-5. The Texans now just have eight points total over the past two weeks and the 1-5 Jaguars were on a bye, so they got to enjoy their first victory of the season uh, for another week. They'll travel to Seattle next week. Looking ahead here as we wrap things up, the Titans are looking scary, but the Colts are creeping up after winning three of their last four. Can Indianapolis take down the Titans on Halloween? We'll preview this monster AFC South matchup on Thursday. I promise I'll have less puns during that podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll have updates today, tomorrow, throughout the week, every day, on all things Colts on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone. You can follow me on Twitter, at Roto Street Joe. Follow Mike on Twitter, at MChapel51. Please do us a, f- a favor, subscribe and download. Uh, and if you like the podcast, leave a review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated as well. All right, for Mike Chapel, I am Joe Hopkins. Thanks again for listening, Colts fans, and we will see you on Thursday.